Hebrews 10, verses, verse 19 says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart full of assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So we're singing this resurrected king, and, and like we're, when you sing, you're actually proclaiming something. I don't know if you realize that. It's not just like this practice that churches do. We're like putting songs together so you sing them and participate in kind of an anthem together. There's a purpose to it. And we want, we want those words to not just be like words, and I like the way the song sounds, and I like the way the drum works, and I like how Tyler does it, or I like how Bo does it. I mean, that's not, the, the point is, is to like unify in spirit and in truth together and to sing, and we're singing these songs, and we're proclaiming this victory, this victory that we have in Jesus, to enter the most holy place, to, to, that, was, that was broken down, a curtain that was torn for us through what Jesus did. That resurrected Jesus gave us access to the Father, to the holy place. Without that, we don't have access. So let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful And then out of nowhere, the writer of Hebrews says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another towards love and good deeds. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some are, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Sometimes we wake up on a Sunday morning and you're like, I got to go to church today. You have like this deep breath. And if you have more than one or two minions, I'm looking at the front row here probably because there's just a whole slew of minions in the house. It's like this whole endeavor to get your kids together to go to church. And like just, it's, it takes like that idea of like coming together as a church family and putting in this dumb little package and throwing it out the window because you're like, I don't want to do that today because it's exhausting. I just want a chicken biscuit from Chick-fil-A and they're not even open today and I want some french fries and I want to relax. We have this, this hope, this confession, this promise, this thing that happened. Jesus resurrected and gave us life and life abundantly to, to not only proclaim the good things of the Lord, to not only enter the holy of holies, to not only have, have access and presence and a relationship with God the Father, creator of the heavens and the earth, the universe, but also, also we get the great privilege of coming together to meet each other, not just to sit and see the back of each other's heads and sing songs that we're not that passionate about, but to stir each other towards love and good deeds. To, pur- to purposely, intentionally poke and prod one another so that our activity towards the Lord and participation in his kingdom increases. It's not about us coming and just sitting. It's like the most disgusting 
thing that we can do is come here out of, out of like frustration or obligation or, or, um, or even sometimes our disappointment <laughs> that I got to go there. But like to come here and to stir each other, to push one another, to poke and drive in truth into each other's life and say, no, we get to proclaim the greatest proclamation in the history of proclamations, that we have a resurrected life, a victorious life, a life that we can live abundantly in Jesus because of what he's done, right? And so, to stir you a little, I would encourage you to not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as the capital D, the day is approaching. The day is approaching. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take like a few minutes, a minute or two or three or whatever, and we're going to greet one another, stir one another. I bet there's somebody in this room. I don't do this very often. I don't get an opportunity to do this very often. You understand why? I Maybe mean, I'll explain. Maybe you already heard during announcements, Pastor Jeff's sick, so he called in. Substitute teacher, we can do what we want. <laughs> but I want, I want you to stand. And I think, I think there's people in this room who like have this sort of um, feeling or thing that needs to happen towards one another where you need to go up and say, I want to encourage you with this word. There's a thing that's happening. I've watched this. I've witnessed this. I've seen this. I believe in this. And I want to tell you something right now. I want to tell you. Whether it's I want to put my arm around you, and some of you are going to go like, whoa, time out. Some of you are going to go, yes, I've been waiting for the opportunity during my church service (laughs) when the substitute teacher shows up to be able to have some freedom to go say this thing to this person. Some of you might need to ask for forgiveness from somebody in this room. I really do believe that that happens in churches. We are awful to one another. Awful. We don't hold each other accountable like we should. And we run away from relationships that we need to protect and hide from where we have conflict. So I want to give you the space and freedom as one of the staff people here for a couple minutes to go talk to each other, to spur one another, introduce yourself. And if you're a visitor here with us, I hope this is a blessing to you. I hope somebody comes up to you and says the perfect thing to you today. It makes you feel loved and cared for because this is a community of people that love Jesus. They want to see his kingdom advance, not only here in Newton, but to the ends of the earth. And I hope that you get a sense of who we are. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes. Freely spur and poke one another towards love and good deeds. You have the floor. Ready, go. Yes, I am. It feels good in here right now. Like, it feels really good. If you didn't move, it's okay. Hopefully somebody came to you. I'm not saying you have to go back. Don't eject from a conversation that you're uncomfortable with. I'm just saying it feels good in here. It's good to be together. You don't come to church to sit alone. You don't come to church to be by yourself. Church is about family. We love family here. We love being part of each other's family. We're going to be in Luke chapter 8 today. So turn with me. We're going to go through Luke 8. We're going to continue through uh, the parable of the sower. That's where we're at in our journey through Luke. So we'll try to do a flyby of it and then come back and deal with a couple pieces. And then 
We'll have some, and we'll be done. Luke chapter 8, verse 4, starting with verse 4, says this. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town to town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and, it, and as it grew, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have been heard, who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are the ones who, when they hear the word, receive it with, oops, I might have passed. Nope, I got it. Received it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they get choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Father, as we dig into the scripture and look at it and wrestle with it for a minute, Lord, I pray that your words are heard in this room, that your word does what it's supposed to do, accomplishes its purpose. Lord, we love you today. We love being part of each other's lives and knowing each other. Help us to enjoy our time listening, interacting with your scripture. In your son's name, amen. So this is a, a complicated parable. It's, it's one that we wrestle with a little bit. It's one that we kind of, we know, we know it, we have it in our brain. It's one that we, uh, we do a dangerous thing and we insert ourselves into the story. We do, we do a really good job of, of de- defining what kind of soil we are. We, we want to, um, we want to, it's easy to do that. In a lot of scripture, it's easy to make the application about us. And that is true in a lot of ways, that, that, that there, are, there are application for us. But I want to I guard you against that. I want you to avoid that thought. As I, as I talk through it a little bit, I want you to not think about the soil. I want you to not think about that, am I good soil? Am I rocky soil? Do I have thorns in my life? Um, Am I hearing? I want you to focus on the point of the story, the point of the parable. And many times, I think we just kind of fly by it and, and throw ourselves into the middle of it and say, I have good soil, or I need to cultivate the thorns out of my life so I have good soil. And I want you to hear what, what this is about. And Jesus says it straight at the beginning. The seed is the word of God. The whole point of this story, the whole point of this parable is the scattering of seed, the the, the delivery of seed, the delivery of God's word. 
of the word of the Lord over and over and over, sent out all over the place. I want you to focus in on that today. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. I want, I want that to be in your mind when you walk out of here. What is the word of the Lord? The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. This is a sobering parable. This is an ugly parable. This is one that we have to acknowledge that says that there are people who will not be saved. There are, Jesus is saying there are people out there who will never get to experience fellowship with God. There are people who just don't get that. There are people who are going to experience a taste, a taste of the good things of the Lord, and they're going to fall away. There are people who are, who are going to experience incredible hardship, and Satan's going to attack them, and they're going to say, this is too much. I don't want anything to do with this. And they're going to walk away. It... This seems like a contradiction to what we started out with this morning. We have this great promise that we get to proclaim, this victorious moment of Jesus resurrecting from the dead, this this conflict between victory and the acknowledgement that some are going to go to hell. That's hard. And this parable is perfectly situated in the ministry of Jesus' life when it needed to be said and it needed to be taught. If you were to flip back a couple chapters and we have gone through what's called the Sermon on the Plain about how to live and love and, and how, to, how to be a follower of Jesus or what the kingdom of heaven is supposed to look like. And then you kind of work into some of the different things that Jesus had done. He's healing people, resurrecting people. The activity of Jesus, had, he, he had earned celebrity. People were following him. People were leaving their towns and coming to him and coming to him and coming to him. The crowds were growing and growing and growing. What a spectacle. I mean, when a famous person comes to Newton, do we go check it out? We kind of do, right? I mean, I, one of my hobbies that I've had since I was probably 18 or 19 is collecting autographs. I see that there is really no value in it, because you're like just you're saying, "Hey, famous person, sign this thing for me," and then you like put it in a closet and it sits there. I have a closet full of stuff, autographs. But I have really cool ones. I've got autographs on hockey pucks. I've got autographs on football helmets. I've got autographs on baseballs. I got all kinds of fun autographs. When famous people arrive, you want to go meet them. In our culture, we love famous people so much that we will buy a jersey that has their name on it and wear it. Are there any males that have a jersey that they wear? You just be honest. Some of you might be lying. I have a jersey. It's a Will Clark jersey. You guys know who Will Clark is? Anybody know who Will Clark is? He was an excellent baseball player from San Francisco, and he played some other places. I liked Will Clark. I might have told this story before. The reason I liked Will Clark is because in York, Nebraska, and you, the only thing I could get on the radio after 10 o'clock on Friday nights was San Francisco baseball radio. I have no idea why. I just don't get it. So I grew up in the 80s listening to the Giants late at night on the weekends in the summer on a radio. And then I would get my scorebook out and I would learn to keep score and I would like, I would track and I became a Giants fan. And then the Giants were like good. And I was like, yes. And then they were on TV in the World Series and it was great. So just recently I bought myself a Will Clark jersey. 
And I almost wore it yesterday to tulip time, and I was like, what am I doing? I'm a grown man wearing a jersey with another person's name on it. That's really weird. But celebrity, we chase celebrity. There are entire TV networks devoted to celebrity. It's no different in the first century. Jesus had gained celebrity. Verse 4, and when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in this parable, the crowds gathered and now is the time for him to, to remark that not all of you get to be with us. Not all of you are going to participate in this. In fact, some of you are going to wholesalely reject what we're going to do. Are you hearing my words, is what Jesus is saying. Hear my words. Hear what I have to say to you. See, many times, once again, I'm going to go back, we try to put ourselves into the soil and say that we're the good dirt or the, or the rocky soil, or we have this sin in our life, and we need to cultivate it, which is all true. But we forget to listen to the words. We forget to listen to the word of the Lord and what the word of the Lord is saying and doing and acting and pushing. And what we've had up until this point is the word of the Lord saying all of these things about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is going to look so different. It's not going to look the way it looks, like how we've made it look even. This is how we've made the kingdom look. We're going to gather on Sunday morning, and you can hear maybe my, my soapbox in this in a little bit. We're going to gather on Sunday morning, and we're going to look at the back of each other's heads, and we're going to wait for the clown to come up front and put on a show. When that guy puts on the show, we're going to receive all the good things he had to say. Then we're going to charge out the back door and go out for lunch. That's church. Pay your admission fee, please. That's my soapbox. Substitute teacher time. But it's so true in the behavior of humans. We want to run to the show. We want to see the show. We want to see the crowd. We want to be part of what's happening. But are we hearing what's actually happening? Are you willing to love your enemies? Are you willing to die for your enemies? Are you willing to feed your enemies? See, every time God speaks to humanity, there is this cosmic battle that ensues. Every single time. When God spoke into earth at creation, immediately an adversary rose. The serpent came on the scene to cause confusion and chaos and to tempt the people. Every time God speaks, The adversary is there to fight, to stir, and to tempt so that we will not listen. It's not about the soil at this point. Are we hearing? Are we hearing the words of the Lord? Are we hearing what God has to say to us? Are we orienting our life to his words? See, the scriptures are not that complicated. It's really simple when you bring it down to a couple of phrases, and I'm not breaking new ground here. It's to love him with all that you have, all that you have, all that you have, and to love his people, his creation, all that is around you. That is not a complicated message. It's not a a, a super secret message. It's not been a message that's different or altered over time. It's that do you love me and do you love what I've created? 
That's the message. Do you hear me is what he's saying. Do you hear me? Jesus goes, goes through this and explains the parable to the disciples. He says, you already have tasted and seen and, and understood the kingdom truths, the kingdom secrets. But let me tell you a little bit deeper what's happening. And he describes all these different soils. And sure, I believe it's true that we have to cultivate the soil. We have to work and grind at the soil. We have to... We, we, We want such instant satisfaction with spiritual things that it's hard for us to wait to work the soil. Some of you are in a war right now with your kids. It's a war. You're trying to figure out what they're going to turn out like when they're 32 years old. And it's tough. It's hard. You are working at the soil and trying to, to speak biblical truth over them, biblical things into their lives, saying, can you hear the Lord? And we won't know until they're 32 years old what it's going to look like. And we get little glimpses of like wins and little glimpses of defeats. That in our own lives, we have the same things. We have all this stuff that we can like just, we we step back and we look and then we begin to identify with the soil and we lose track of the word. And I know it's a tension and it's a balance and you have to fight between hearing from God and, and working through your soil and what's happening in your life and the things that are in your life and the, and the garbage that's in your life. We have this, our house in Michigan, um, we're in process of selling it. That's good news. It's almost going to happen. We, we're waiting to hear a few more things, right? And, but this last week um, on my wife's Facebook page, and th- this is awesome about Facebook, it's going to be kind of this in memoriam website, I think, at one point. You get all these memories, if you're a Facebook user, of all these different things. And my mom shared a video of our little boys playing in dirt in our house in Michigan when they're like, I don't know, how old are they, one and three or something like that? One and three. And they're just digging in the dirt, and they're singing songs, and it's so cute. And I've, like, locked in my kids at that age. Like, that, my, Carter's one and Caleb's three, and there are no problems. It's just all about how great mom and dad are, and everything's perfect in the world. And they enjoy digging in dirt. It's not about Fortnite and can I have a battle pass, and will you give me some V-Bucks and all this garbage. I don't, it's just dumb what we're dealing with right now. All these kids are like, yeah, give me some V-Bucks, Dad. And how many of you have any idea what I'm saying right now? Like, <laughs> some of you are like... Just shut up. I have to fight this at home. I don't want to fight it at church. <laughs> and when I've locked them in this place, and as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, my heart's melting. And I brought people to my office. Like, look at my cute kids. And they're singing. And it's so cute, right? And it didn't take me long for me to, for me to stop listening to them and to notice all the garbage in our yard. Like, literally all the garbage. I mean, this is from, like, 2005, all the garbage in our yard, like a broken fence and all these weeds and like everything. I like noticed everything. And I lost, I lost all of my focus on the words. Caleb's singing this cute song and I, lo- I lost it. I, lo- I went and didn't even see them anymore. I just saw the junk in my yard, the dirty ground in my yard. And I mean, Adrienne and I are not awesome gardeners. We hate it. A lot. <laughs> I mean, a lot. But it's so, it was such a, like, this morning, I'm, I'm like, remembering this. It, 
it was such an illustration to me that it's so easy to focus on the stuff, the soil in our life, and lose the words, lose the message, lose God's voice, so we don't hear anymore. And if you don't hear, how can you act? So I think there's, there's a couple of things here. One is, are you hearing the voice of God? And are you reacting or responding to it? Are you obediently responding to it? I was little, and I, um, I was always scared of, like, what my life would look like if I didn't bear fruit. Like, that's such, a, like, a Christian thing to say, a church thing to say. You have to bear fruit. And you're like, what does that even mean? And, like, if, if you go to Sunday school, you learn the fruit of the Spirit, and you're like, okay, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you're like, great, I can do all those things. What? How do I do all those things? Most of us are still struggling with how do I love? How do I have self-control? How do I have kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness? How do I do those things? And, and you have this truth that like if you don't bear fruit, then are you really connected to God? I mean, we're taught that as little kids. I am the vine. You are the br- branches. If you're not connected to me, I'm going to cut you off and throw you in a fire. Ah! Bear fruit. Bear fruit. How do you bear fruit? And this is what's happening here in this text too. It's like those who hold fast with honest, good heart, they bear fruit. What does it mean to bear fruit? Romans 12. Turn with me real quick. I'm going to read the last part of bearing fruit in Romans chapter 12. Starting with verse 9. Let your love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in gardening. (laughs) Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Paul is putting meat on the fruit bones here. He's showing you just what it looks like to bear fruit. These are the activities that bear fruit. These are the things that you're doing in your daily life that can, you can show the rest of the world, that the rest of the world sees, that, that it, it's fruit. It's not easy to be patient in tribulation. Oh my goodness, it is not easy. We're selling a house and I'm freaking out every day about getting this dumb house sold. It doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't matter. I mean, but it does matter. And it's hard and then you're like, and how we're, are we really patient in tribulation? It's so difficult. But if you are, you know that person who is. And you can see it. You can see them act it out and live it out. And you're drawn to that person. And you want to be around that person. And you want to hear from that person. And you want to gain wisdom from that person. You want to know what they do and how they live and what what their process is. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those and do not curse them. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what you do, what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. If our inner monologues, if our inner monologues could be on the outside, you guys could all be just like me and say all the things that are running through your head. But how much peace would we really have? If everybody was just like that, we would be so offensive to one another. We would hurt one another. We would run over one another. We would be awful people. But can the inner monologue change? Can the inner monologue become that that's filled with peace, that's filled with love, that's filled with kindness, that's filled with joy. The problem is we step into our relationships and we have this inner monologue and we fake it with this exterior veneer that looks so good to one another. I would argue that most of us do that every single moment of our lives. And when you meet somebody who's dead honest, they are awful people. (laughs) You don't want to be around them. That's why I have one friend, and she's married to me. (laughs) And she's like, I don't like to be around you either. (laughs) I mean, because sometimes I say truthful things, but I'm just being mean. I'm not even being loving. It's just awful, right? That's what happens with a corrupt, ugly, like, consumed person who stops hearing the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord has power and authority and strength. And when we close our ears and don't hear it, I mean, like plug your ears and talk. It's like, you can, it's weird sounding. And that's how we live. Because we tune out the voice and we focus on the stuff. We focus on the garden. We focus on making sure our garden is as pretty as possible. Because if it's pretty as possible, it will probably bear fruit. We hope that it'll bear fruit. And it's not that that's unimportant to cultivate the land. But the voice matters so much. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55. And we'll kind of finalize here. I don't think it was easy for Jesus to say there's some of you in this room that are not going to be in the kingdom. I think it pained him. I think it hurt. How do you tell somebody they're going to go to hell and love them at the same time? It's complicated. This parable came at the perfect time in Jesus' ministry to help them understand or see that you have to hear my voice, that my voice matters, that the seed that we're planting everywhere we go is from the Lord. It's my voice, it's my voice, it's my voice. Are you hearing my voice? Are you listening to my voice? There's a season in my life pre-Adrienne before she got everything right for me. Where I was kind of like waffling. I've talked a lot about my, I'm I'm very transparent. I'll share everything. I have nothing to hide. 
But I was kind of like in this no man's land of like, what to do? What, what should I be? What should, what should happen? What's, what's my life going to look like? And I, as sin ramped up, the earmuffs would go on, and the words, I mean, I sat through hundreds of church services during that season, and went to camp during that season, and led youth groups during that season. The teaching that would come from this direction never penetrated. There is this crazy, unique ability for God's people to show up every single week and to slowly tune him out. It is unbelievable that we have that power to do that. That we can just slowly dial down the volume so much to where there's nothing. And we just walk through the motions of the Christian life. God uses every moment in our life to accomplish his purposes. His word always accomplishes its purpose. I'm concerned for us as a people, community heights and beyond, that we just dial down the voice of the Lord and stop hearing. Stop listening. Stop living the kingdom life. God's going to move with it, without us. He doesn't need us. Listen to this in Isaiah 55. Come everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul, that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him witness, a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know. A nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and their unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, make it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose 
and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Are you hungry to hear the voice of the Lord? Are you hungry and thirsty for his voice, for his seed? Your garden might stink like my garden in Michigan. But there's two little boys sitting in it, singing to the Lord, singing beautiful songs, and it needs to be cultivated, but they hear. Can you hear the voice of the Lord? Are you hungry for him? That's what Isaiah is saying in here. Be hungry and thirsty for God, because his word's moving whether you like it or not. And it has purpose, and it will accomplish its purpose. And you can be part of the kingdom or not. Are you hungry for the voice of the Lord? That is what the parable of the sower is all about. Hear, feel, see, sense the voice of the Lord as he throws his seeds. And we will help cultivate each other's gardens together. Help cultivate with one another. And we will hold each other accountable the sin that's in each other's lives. And we will help each other pick the rocks out and cut the thorns because that's what church is about. But the word of the Lord is the thing that's planted in all of our gardens. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, what a provision you have given to us with your word. With your word, you created the heavens and the earth. With your word, you sent your spirit across the world at Pentecost. With your word, you brought your son Jesus from the grave. With your words, you will say to those who follow you, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I pray that as a group, as a church, as a, as a church family, we get in each other's gardens and we, we help one another. But Lord, plant your seeds all over this place. Lord, give us ears to hear. Help us to hear your voice fully. To hear your words. The writer of Hebrews, Lord, you gave to us that beautiful verse that your word is a double-edged sword. It divides the soul. It gets down deep inside of us. It's living. It's active. Lord, your word is so strong. Lord, we love you. Help us to be good listeners to you. As we sing this last song together, Lord, I pray that your spirit moves, that your presence is here, that we have, we sense and are convicted or comforted that you move in the way that you need to. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this morning together. Your son's name, amen.